October 11, 2020. It's a Watt for Pedro show. Thank you. 
Not for Pedro show. Happy Sunday. Uh, Brother Matt, the love grotto on the pleasure point, but I'm not man alone because through the wonders of Skype, those Estonian software engineers, I got Tony Aguilar here. San Clemente on the top of a hill, right? <laughs> and yeah, San Clemente. I just wanted to see what the uh, what, what it was like over here in the maskless culture. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome aboard, Tony. We started the show off with the Jitterbug Waltz from John Coltrane with Miles Davis. And after that, from your new album, Bridge the Sun, All Souls. We're going to talk about All Souls. But before that, let's uh, talk about your musical journey. What, Tony, tell me your earliest musical recollection. Earliest? I mean, really, earliest is probably uh, Gene Autry when I was five or six years old watching the old cowboy movies and listening to the music and the space and the prairie, the, the sounds of the prairie or the sounds of really what was actually the California countryside and just being enthralled by it. Okay. How old were you? Probably five or six years old. Okay, and then okay. I would go, my dad would give me money every once in a while. Really poor, super poor upbringing. You know, my parents were, my mom was a farm worker and my dad worked at a cement plant. Uh, not a lot of money, but every once in a while, my dad would give me a little bit here and there, and I'd save it up. And I went and bought him a Gene Autry album, and I saved enough money and gave it to him. Really, it was for me. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> and I would listen to that Gene Autry album over and over and over again. And I just loved the sound. It, you know, later on, I, 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 it sounded kind of like those Sun recordings. And I think that that's, it just kind of blew my mind, just that beautiful, you know, very primitive kind of just a man and his guitar sound you know right right uh, in the pad where you grew up was there musical instruments none none whatsoever so i mean your, there were your mom there and your were pop, they in were my out. house my house was a 700 square foot house uh when i was a kid there were nine of us living in that house and i didn't get a bed until i was probably eight nine years old and that's when my my aunt and 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 her her three kids moved out, and then it was just basically me and my immediate family left in the house. And I finally got a bunk bed, me and my brother, and we had beds for the first time. Yeah. Uh, well, even when things are econo, sometimes uh, yeah, there's still music. So that's why there's I'm music always, man. And, and it was my mom was very into music. She's very into Norteño's music. Uh, my dad, my dad, having grown up as a farm worker in California, uh, and 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 living basically in the Okies that came during the migration and growing up with a lot of Okies, my dad was very into mariachi, but he was also really into country music. So my dad would put a lot of Tammy Wynette, a lot of Buck Owens, a lot of Merle Haggard on. And you know, I grew up 40, 45 minutes from Bakersfield in a little town called Tehachapi. So Bakersfield, Bakersfield was a big you know, that that country sound of Bakersfield was a big thing in my house as well. The big Bakersfield sound was Buck Owens. Yeah, Buck, we, Merle. Because, uh, yeah, well, he's from Oildale or something. Not not far away, though. But uh, Oildale, exactly. That's where Merle, that's where Merle grew up. Yeah. We used to call it Earldale. <laughs> that's a, that, was a, that was the type of place where you didn't go to unless you wanted the shit kicked out of you if you were a Mexican. <laughs> oh, the good old days. 
fucked up. The good old what, 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 yeah. What was I gonna? Yeah, fuck that. What I was gonna ask you, Tony, though, because uh, okay, listeners, but they weren't players because I'm always interested about dudes who end up doing music. Did they come from musical families? Sometimes, sometimes not. And musical right. family don't mean always players because the listeners they can still. You know, give to their kids a kind of a background, a foundation, you know? Yeah. My dad was a listener. Yeah. My okay. mom was a dancer. My mom would dance around. My dad would listen. And I always noticed that after I became a musician, the way that my dad listened to music, he listened to it the way that a musician listened to music. Ah. And I always feel like that's the side of the family that gave me the musical touch, you know? Because, I mean, really what it is, is, is obviously it's at some point it touches you so much that you can't help but just give into it. But you know, a trippy you know? thing too. Your mom being a dancer—that's kind of a performer. So that's that from that side. Maybe you got your, you know, get take it to the stage thing. Maybe so. Yeah, yeah. You know, she, of, she would she would try to sing all the time. You know, she's not the greatest singer, but she was always she was always uh, dancing around to the Norteños music. A lot of a lot of Tigres del Norte, and you know, a lot of a lot of Freddie Fender in my house, and Freddie you know, Fender, yeah. A lot of Texas tornadoes. Uh, Some accordion. Oh, always. <laughs> right, right. I mean, that, that's a big thing. And I mean, my mom was from Matamoros, yeah. which is the Tex-Mex border. Uh, she, she was born in Tamaulipas and then right across. And then a lot of my family was born either in Brownsville or, you know, born in Texas. My grandfather on her dad was born in Texas. So there was a lot of that Tejano kind of influence too in the house. So, so the other side there's Chihuahua, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Well, the, the other side is is uh, well, it's Brownsville and then 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 Matamoros, uh, Reynosa. Um, I, I I lived there for a month when I was a kid until I got deathly ill and she had to bring me back. Uh, I, I'm talking because people don't realize that the real name for Mexico is United States of Mexico. So they got Sonora. Chihuahua, Baja, those are the three in the southwest. Well, our southwest. Yeah. They're northwest. Yeah, the, the state of uh, the state of uh, uh, Tamaulipas okay. is where she was from, which is right on the, it's the, it's the side where uh, uh, Veracruz is. Right, 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 the Gulf. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Hot and, uh, and sticky. You know, fuck, five, six gigs I've done in Mexico my whole life, and they're the next door neighbors. Yeah, you know, man, me too. I've, I've done I've done one in Mexicali, and then when I was when I was uh, when I was uh, uh, roading for the Melvins, we got to go to Mexico City, and you know, I haven't spent a lot of time over there other than when I was a kid, and then and then just when I had a honeymoon with Meg after we got married. Yeah, but I want to go back, man. I want I want to spend more time in Mexico. It's just you know, it's so fucked up right now with the narco shit that right, right. just kind of just kind of keep my distance right now, you know. But we did get to go to Guanajuato, which was where my dad's family was from generations ago. My dad was born in the States, but uh, Guanajuato was absolutely amazing. If you ever get a chance, dude, check out that city, Guanajuato City. Well, I would it's love to. We got, a, uh, we got a butcher shop named after that here in Pedro. Oh, nice. You know, because the cats came from there. So, so the first record you bought yourself was actually a present for your pop. But what was the, Tony, what was the first gig you went and saw? The first gig I ever saw was Sammy Hagar. <laughs> I saw him. 1981, I, I believe. 81 I, or 82. Was he on his own? Because I saw him at when he was a singer for Ronnie Montrose. He was on his own. It was the, it was the Red Tour. 
it was the red tour and he and he and he blew he blew his he had red pants on and he blew a big old hole in the ass up during the show yeah and uh i remember him running around with his with his boxers hanging Poodle out hanging and, out okay d boone this is where we got the idea for double you know i can't drive 55 the red rocker d boone didn't like that so that's why double nickels on the dime has a 55 mile an hour speed limit <laughs> ain't that a trip that ain't rules, that trip man. look I want to play wins off your new album okay bro Come
a race for all November crown and travel right on out to me we are new to this velocity and if anyone could bring it true my guess is anyone just might be you What a savage run that we are on With our patience stretched and you and me gone
<laughs> for Pedro Show. Hey, that was Winds from All Souls. After that, Surfer Blood with Win- uh, doing their version of Wendy out. I don't know if you remember the association, but something in the 60s, right? Uh, from Spain, uh, Lanzayama's duo. Uh, this drummer man, Valeria, man, this guy's a beast. Uh, incredible. Uh, Silver Apples. Uh, we just lost Brother Simeon. This guy, right? Silver Apples in 67, 68 using synthesizers. Pioneer ahead of their time, in their time. Will Johnson after that with El Capitan from his new album. Guided by Voices, My Angel. Uh, the Ridiculous Trio. These are uh, three cats doing stooges with tuba, sax, and drums with Dirt, their version of Dirt. And then We Are the Asteroid with Stay Down. So uh, what about at school, Tony? Were you in the choir or the marching band or shit like that? I was in a thing called I was in choir, and then and then, luckily enough, this is before uh, 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 Wilson took over the governorship, and Brown was still kind of in. Uh, they had a they had a, a program called Honor Choir for the kids that had somewhat of a little bit of a, a voice, and I was lucky enough to be picked for Honor Choir, and then we got to perform. Uh, classical pieces in Bakersfield with the Bakersfield Symphony, and we actually cut an album. And this was a, this was when I was like six or seven or eight years old. I can't remember the exact age, but yeah, man, it was my first actual experience going into a recording studio, you know. And there was like thirty of us. What uh, with your voice choir? It was it was called Ker- uh, Kern County Honor Choir. Okay, okay. So yeah. well, that's bitching, man. <laughs> Yeah, it was quite the experience, man. It was fucking great. It was it was it was amazing, you know. And and that's that's kind of what introduced me into into singing, and and just the holiness and the the, the, the beautiful, you know, the the feelings that you get inside from just using your voice to do something and to communicate, you know. Yeah, and also like you say, the schools had a program because a lot of schools got rid of their music programs. Exactly, exactly, and that ended up happening a lot when when Wilson. You know, and Duke Mason were fucking governors. Right. And, and, Pete Wilson, and, George Duke Mason. I remember those clowns. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what about uh, instruments? When did you first get your hands on an instrument? The first time I touched a guitar, I was probably like six years old, and it was my, my across the street. So I, I grew up in a neighborhood that was all Chicanos. You know, uh, the, uh, my dad, when I was born... I w- my dad worked at the Monolith Portland Cement Company in Tatchby, California. And when I was born, I was born into a segregated city. That city was owned by the cement plant. And they actually had a side for Mexicans. And then they had a side for the whites. And I was born into that city. Yeah. And anyway, so like over the course of time, there was a UCLA educated dude uh, uh, who, who got everybody together and, and started sort of a credit union. And then, and then they would have raffles like once – like twice a year or something like that. And over the course of time, whoever won the raffle would get money from the credit union and get a down payment to move to Tatchby and buy a home, which was just nine miles away. And over the course of like five to seven years, they bankrupted Monolith, California. It's no longer there. Every Mexican family moved to the city of Tehachapi, and we all lived very close to each other. So I, I grew up in a real Chicano neighborhood. Uh, and my my neighbor across the street, my, my friend Sergio Carrera, had... His father had a guitar, and I remember by this point I was crazy into Paul McCartney, and I went over his house, and I touched the guitar for the first time, and I felt some jolt of electricity inside of my my, my chest. 
Now, now Sergio could play, right? No, nah, Sergio couldn't play. But oh, his dad was, okay. his, apparently his dad played the guitar. And okay. uh, uh, he played like rancheras and stuff like that, you know. But, 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 but did he become a teacher for you? No. No, I, I'm completely self-taught. I started playing okay. so, with so a when book. You, when you can grab that guitar, you got inspired, but you had to go get your own later? I had to get my own guitar. And, and when I was 13, I got swept up by Hendrix, swept up by Zeppelin and Sabbath. And I was I couldn't think of anything else, man. And, and I begged my dad to get me a guitar and, and begged him for a year. And finally, my dad gave in. He got his tax return. He had money. We went to Bakersfield. We went to the Chicano barber, this dude named Rudy, and, and hung out there for a few hours and then walked down the street. And there was a music store there. My pops took me in. He couldn't afford it. It was 400 bucks for a Gibson Challenger, 1983 Gibson Challenger. My dad bought it for me. I promised to do the chores, like do the, the yard work and the dishes for a year, you know, and, and, and he bought me that guitar, man. What and about, I felt like the trajectory of my life was changed from that point. What about an amp? An amplifier, we bought uh, a little PV Bandit uh, about a year later after my dad realized that I was serious because I was playing anywhere to, from six to eight hours a day. Whoa. Now, now the, the self-taught thing, were you learning off records? Uh, the, first, the first thing I did was I, uh, uh, I bought my dad at the same time that he bought me that guitar, he bought me a Mel Bay uh, instructional book and that's where I learned I, I started I started with doing uh, uh, exercises yeah and then I started with my scales and then slowly started learning chords and then I was dumb enough to loan that to a friend and I never got it back <laughs> 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 and so from that point it was all ear you know I, I learned some rudimentary stuff I still couldn't do a barcode chord but I had learned enough to just basically start keep going and keep going and, and it was just all by application it was all by ear yeah what about uh, after school in a basement uh, bedroom garage band with friends you do that man i had friends that would would talk about getting in bands and and, and we, were, we were all had a plan to be in bands and and unfortunately i i i was hanging with the crew that started using heavy shit like started using meth and PCP and, and started snorting glue and got more into that kind of stuff, ended up in prisons and some of them are dead and, and they ended up never learning how to play a goddamn thing. And so that crew, I separated from myself at some point. I became friends with a lot of musicians, but unfortunately none of them, none of them were drummers. So I didn't really start my first band or get into my first band until I moved to San Luis Obispo to go to, uh, to junior college. <laughs> Slow town. Okay, what was that first band? It was called Tragic Magic. Okay, and it was it was with this old brother uh, uh, named Fox, and and he was an older gentleman. He was like sixty something years old. Whoa! But he had a beautiful, beautiful voice. It kind of sounded like like uh, uh, like 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 uh, uh, Redding meets uh, uh, I don't know, man. It was it was like a beautiful, just this beautiful soul voice. And so him, me and him start jamming, and, and, and we started a band from that. We, got, we found a drummer. We got, got a bass player. But the problem with that was he was a brutal alcoholic, and he would carry around like a pint glass full of vodka. And, you know, that didn't last for very long because of that. But tell me about the first gig, the ma first magic, tragic gig. <laughs> it, was, 
It was at a park. It was at a park, and there was maybe two people there. We played at a park, and uh, Fox ended up getting really drunk, passing out, and somebody stole his amplifier. I had already left by that point. Oh, shit. And, and so that was it, man. That was We had the one gig, and, and we were done after that. Whoa. <laughs> but you didn't quit on guitar. You kept going, right? What was, I kept going, What was man. the next I was chapter? In, I wasn't about to stop. And then I got invited to be in a, a local reggae band, weird, weirdly enough, uh, uh, called, uh, what were they called? Uh, Rock Steady. And I joined that band for maybe like a year. And it was fun because those guys were popular and they were playing shows to, you know, they went from playing shows to two people with Fox to uh, playing in front of hundreds of kids in San Luis Obispo. And granted, it was just reggae, but I, I started doing experimental stuff with, you know, doing kind of Hendrix sound and trying to do all the things that I was really into, like bring that into the band. Yeah, reggae can be pretty wild. Some of that dub shit is pretty experimental. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh-huh. So. That lasted for a while, and then I, I just got sick of San Luis Obispo because it's just such a, you know, I was, so, I was so used to being in Chicano culture, and I wasn't really in Chicano culture anymore, and, and I got, I got kind of sick of being in a, a, a single kind of cultural perspective town, so I moved to San Francisco. Okay, the city. Did you get in a band there? No, uh, not until 1997, so I moved there in, in ninety. I, I, I kept looking for bands. I even I was I was supposed to have a tryout with with Four Non Blondes, and the girl even like uh, uh, Linda Perry I spoke to her on the phone. She gave she she told me what time to be there. I was there early, like I said. I like to be there early, man. And then and, and and she didn't show up. Oh shit! And then I found out through Bam Magazine that she had hired a guy a week before, and she never bothered to let me know. Oh man! So I didn't get in a band until '97, and that's when I started Toti Moshi. I started it after I met Meg, my wife, and yeah. bass player, and Tony Moshi and All Souls. And the way that that happened is I literally couldn't find people to play with. I taught her how to play bass. We just started jamming. We just started writing. Found a drummer, and we were ready to go. So what I was going to ask you was, in them seven years of no band, you still were working the guitar, right? Every day. Yeah. Every day. I rented. I rented a. I even rented a space out where I could go to. And my, and my thing was I would go, I would get up. I had to be work at work at seven. Yeah. Uh, so I'd get up at five. I'd go sing for an hour and a half, catch the train, make it to work, catch Bart, make it to work. And then, and then I, I would get in a delivery truck and then I would sing for another an hour and a half before I got to my first delivery. <laughs> you know, cause <laughs> so, that's, that's the power of wanting to, you know, want to make it happen. Exactly, man. I was just working on it, you know, and, I, and, that, and that's that to me, it's a, it's a discipline. It's a lifelong discipline. It's not about making it or it's not about, you know, uh, you know, making the money. It's about the, the journey, man. It's about the struggle. It's about it's about the reality of it, you know, and it's about expressing yourself. Absolutely. Look, we're at the end of the first hour, October 11, 2020, Dish Watt for Pedro Show. Special guest, Tony Aguilar. Hold tight for hour two. October 11, 2020, it's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro show.
where you've been Gone like a train Halfway to hell Soaked by the rain Mud in the sky Moon on the ground Wish you were here Back around, I said, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me drift away. I said, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me drift away. Scene of the crime, slide out the door, roll in the dirt, come back for more. Fish got to swim, smoke got to「うつりゆく街の景色のよう」「頼りなく揺れてる
pleasures of being below have ceased to charm my heart. They lie like bones bleached in the sand that dogs have torn apart.
Pedro Show, start off the second hour with All Souls doing Bleeding Out. Then Sam Bennett, Let Me Drift Away. Tokyo, also from Tokyo, he's got Brother June on bass. The Chef Cooks Me. If I, if I sing in the Four Seasons, Saito Koji, it's probably Koji Saito, with uh, Aurora uh, from uh, England. Uh, they call him Geordies, right? Newcastle. Curtis from Petrol Tra- Terriers. Petrol Terriers. Yeah, they call gasoline Petrol. And uh, Moose Heart Faith Stellar Groove Band with Cup of Light. And finally, Coming with Clouds, All Souls. So, what's the difference between... Uh, what was the band before All Souls? T- Tomatoshi? Uh, Tori Moshi. Tori Moshi. What, yeah. what, was the, what was the transition there? Because you share members, right? You and Meg. Me, uh, uh, well, me and Meg. So after after Tony Moshi was done, uh, I we we had moved to Los Angeles, and our drummer, our drummer Chris Fugit moved to, back to Kansas City, where he's from. And I didn't want to continue it, man, because we had so many moving experiences with Chris. We toured the, I mean, we toured the states like you know twenty times. We we tour Europe together. We 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 put out albums together, and I didn't want to continue it without him. And, so and we like, never but, called it quits. We just said, let's, you know, let's, let's take a break and see when we can do it because we live so far away from each other. So we're not officially done, but, you know, he lives so far away that it, it, it became hard to make music. And then I ended up starting a band called uh, uh, Last Days of Ancient Sunlight with, with Ferdy from the band 400 Blows. It's, yeah, yeah. It's the same band. So it originally was supposed to be Christian. Uh, on, Christian's from Pedro. Right, Christian uh, yeah, man. So Christian Moreno and, and me, Meg and, and Ferdy. And then uh, it ended up where Christian couldn't do it. And then and then Meg bailed. And then so it ended up just me and Ferdy. So we did that band for a year, finished an album. And then I just couldn't get along with the bass player. So oh, you're starting to break we, up now. I, I, I called it for that band. Okay, sorry about that. Um, so Meg and I started a band called Anima Sangre. Yeah, uh, and that was a flam- it's a flamenco meets ranchero music. I sing in Spanish, yeah. and Meg dances flamenco in that band. And 
that I feel like that changed the way that I write, man. Like the whole inflections, I was trying to sing like Chavela Vargas. Yeah. And and then, you know, as that band was going, me and Tony Tornay from Fatso Jetson have been talking for years about starting a band together. I started jamming with Eric Trammell, uh, a friend of mine who was in a band called Black Elk. And I dug what we were doing, man. And I, I called Tony up and I'm like, hey, man, you got to hear this. Sent it to Tony, sent the recordings that we had been writing. And, and Tony loved it. And that started All Souls. Okay. So Ferdy just kind of with that other project. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, man. We had to, I had to break it up, man. It was just too much. I mean, I love the guy, you know, but there's only so much I can take of, of, of drinking being a priority over music, you know. That, that, you know, you're right, man. I have never been, you know, I've done it and it was terrible, but I've never been able to mix it. Yeah. Yeah, there's a time and a place, man. Yeah. Know? it's Yeah, you're absolutely right. I want to play uh, Death Becomes Us.
using economics from a napkin by Laffer. Hear the 99% sorrow and the 1% laughter. In bed with big business and the war on the poor. Bed with big business and the war on the poor. Bed with big business and the war on the poor. Bed with big business and the war on the poor.
bitch can't catch up, so I'm getting about time. Try and sell my drug like shine, colonize the Africa for mine. Bring the world, cause my rhymes are like Trubin. Set for your earth, set the center of the earth, for so long, that's the 202. Can't, can't cook, this is what you do.
folds of eyelid skirts trailing beneath the leaves. Stumpy blocks of bare feet, brown as soil. Sometimes laughing, more often crying. Women cast out, owned. The young wife who died turning the key in the ignition was never the point of the story. The words will come out wrong Between what we say and what we mean Civilizations come and go Like the time I told my father he was a bully And we didn't speak for years In almost any situation I'll choose silence over saying the wrong thing Rises, flute like a different instrument. 
around bricks and storefronts Siphoned between parked cars and the barriers of their leather jackets Secrets are the skin I wear Silence is the song I sing Secrets are the skin I wear Silence is the song I sing
Walk for Pedro show. Death becomes us from all souls. Lunatics on parole after that in bed with big business. Model home. Center of the world swing. Sky furrows. Alyosha. And finally, Time Bomb. Now, Time Bomb's not from the new record. It's from the, the one before. Yeah, that's a, that's a self-titled. That's the last song of the self-titled. Yeah. And what's the, big, what's the big difference between the two records? I, for me, I can... I, can I think the I evolution. think I think it's a we 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 learned, you know we I mean learn we, we we toured with the Melvins we toured with Jesus Lizard, Tool, uh, Red Fang, and I think it's just we 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 got our we got our legs our songwriting legs a little bit more stable by the time we started writing that record and I, I feel it's more developed, it's a deeper it's a deeper sound, and obviously the 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 lyrics are way more. Uh, pressing to what's going on today and we met we went we went into that writing process we wanted to write a song uh, uh, an album about the shit that's going on you know a political album and a song about the modern state of of, of our reality uh, i guess the word's relevant right relevant man yeah. you know you, you and we wrote that and we started writing it in 20 2019 and by the end of the year we'd finished it and it, I mean, it was it was actually it was actually no, we started writing in 2018 and it was it, before this this pandemic stuff even happened. That record was done. And, and there's so much of the lyrics that actually make sense towards what we have now, towards the, the world that we're now living in. So kind of had a, like a premonition trip on it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Tony, you were talking about uh, touring in Europe and also about flamenco. Did you ever get to play in Spain? Did you get to ever see? You know, I got to see some real flamenco in Sevilla. I've never got to see real flamenco in Spain. No, because it was always on in, on tour, and you know, you get an hour here, an hour yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so it's a work, it's a work thing. Sure. I would love to go see real flamenco in in Spain, man. You know, see some of the giants. Um, unfortunately, you know, Paco died. Was it last year? Yeah, year before. Um, but you know, I've seen some amazing shows here in L.A. We've gone to flamenco festivals. In L.A. Uh, oh, uh, so then you kind of know, you know, because you said that there's the dance and, of course, the ladies kind of her feet are like the drums. And then exactly. there's the guitar. But then the hand clapping, right? They usually got the family because there's a big part of it's gypsy, too. Yeah. It's right. so complex. It's so beautiful. Yeah, that stuff, Franco, you know, it was kind of like kitschy. The real flamenco, man, it's, you know, the Cordoba, Andalus. Yeah. That, it's My kind favorite of, was always Sabicas. Okay. So because, it, oh my God, man, that guy just kills me. It's kind of a, a soul music for that region. This, That's how I see it. Yeah, I was seeing this cat, man. He was singing with his palms to the sky. And, oh man, it just, you know, D. Boom was a big fan of flamenco music. This guy, Roy Mendes oh, Lopez, man. showed him guitar. And, uh, yeah, it's 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 really, and, and the rhythms with the, the, with the clapping. Really intense, and the, fa and the fact that it was, you know, it's, it goes back to those Gene Autry days, like one man and a guitar, yeah. or one person and a guitar. Yeah, it was developed in a ca in caves in, in, in Granada, and, and it was just one person making a small leap, and then everybody else, you know, monkey see, monkey do. Everybody watches that dude make that leap. They all start make, they all make that leap. You know, <laughs> that's but, that's what uh, I think you'd call it a movement. So, yeah. <laughs> so, 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 so uh, this new album, where was it recorded? Toshi did it, right? 
Yeah, we, we, we've, we've done the, the, both of our albums at Toshi's Place in Sunland. Okay. Uh, and, and how long did it take? It took a little while to write, but how long was the actual recording that stuff? We, what we do is we do three songs at a time. So we'll, 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 we'll go, we'll sharpen them up, we'll sharpen three songs at a time, and then, and then we'll book, we'll book uh, three days. And then we'll go hopefully knock out uh, a few songs the first day finish the, the, the second song the first day, you know, all just the, the, the basic stuff. And then we'll start working on the vocals the second day and the guitar stuff the second day. And then the third day, whatever we have, the accoutrements, as, as people would say, uh, we do that the third day. And then, you know, we come back a few months later, we do another three, a few months later, another three. And then, and then we're ready to go, man. We're ready to, to get that mix going. And okay. then we go, we go to Golden to master it. Always John, go to John Golden. Golden. We love John Golden. Golden. Yeah. Just love the guy. Love the family. Yep. Want to support and yep. and and yeah, that's true. that's our process, man. Well, what what about before that? Before you get in the studio, do you guys make demos? Yeah, I do. I do some pro tooling in the studio, and then I record them, and and I listen back. And if I think something isn't up to snuff, you know, as far it's usually my vocal stuff, and then we'll we'll all we'll listen back and we'll change some stuff here and there. You know, or, or add some stuff here and there, and it, I think that's a good thing to do, man. You got you got to listen to it. You got to take a take take a break and then re-listen and then re-listen and re-listen and you know get it right. Do the words ever come first? No, never. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you know, people are different. It's all, <laughs> It's always phonetic. It's always phonetic, man. And then and then later on, uh, later on, uh, phonetic back, uh, by phonetic you mean you like get a melody line going? Yeah. Always, okay. always. Interesting, yeah. interesting. I don't so, know if that's right brain, left brain stuff. I'm sure it is. I don't know which which side, but whichever it is, that's that's my dominant side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think you're trying to fit it in musically, and then the literal part will come. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I want I wanted it to be I want it to be like you know like a Bach piece where everything makes musical sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, it all comes together in, in the right ways at the right times. And and the words are there, but but the melody's there, and the melody's really what I feel what moves the soul, you know. Sure, sure. That's why Mozart is so incredible. That's why Beethoven's so incredible because that melody is just, you know, that's the complexity. That's the beautiful complex. Same with the Jimmy. The most complex thing in the universe to me. Same, same with Jimmy, though. You could get the words fucked up, and it's still happening. You know, excuse me, why I kiss this guy? Fuck yeah. <laughs> We're at the Absolutely. end of the second. Second hour, October 11, 2020 edition, Bob Pedro Show, special guest Tony Aguilar. Hold tight for hour three. October 11, 2020, it's the third hour, a lot from Pedro Show.
lot from Pedro Show start off the third hour with All Souls doing sentimental rehash and Crane with uh, From Hence We Came. And I was telling Tony, you know, uh, yeah, kind of belage sentimental rehash, but my pop, when that TV show, I was a teenager, and uh, it was called Happy Days. My pop said those were not happy days. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, sentimental sentimental rehash is a is a play on a sentimental journey. Yeah. So I wanted to make a song like kind of like the sentimental journey, except it's a sentimental rehash. So it's a fucking it's the bad memories coming up, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's the stuff that's driving you nuts. <laughs> Another way of saying that might be be careful for what you wish for. Yeah. You know, because exactly. everybody tries to airbrush the past and only remember the good stuff, right? And they leave out all the, you know, nightmare. Exactly. Right, right. So you, exactly. Well, you know, you know, over the course of my life, I've had people tell me, you shouldn't write political songs. And I say, well, well, wait a minute, man. Everything is political to me because I'm a dark-skinned fucking dude, yeah. right? Like, like, how can't I write political songs? Everything affects me like it wouldn't affect you if you're not a dark-skinned dude you know that shit that's that's prescient to me it's it's heavy because i've had to deal with heavy shit you know you so, know in the in the songwriting racket talk they call that sentimental stuff schmaltz right <laughs> you, you pour on the schmaltz like like the you know what i'm saying like it's like some a device you know and i think what you're talking about is you want to write songs that's coming from what you really feel and why wouldn't i honor my family by writing lyrics you know the way i want to write them yeah of course that's why you start your own band that's why you get your own guitar that's why exactly right let the freak flag fly that's 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 why hendrix wrote machine gun man you know yeah that's a heavy tune band of gypsies fuck yeah that's the sec that's the second what's well, the first gig but the second set they put on an album Right? Amazing. As it falls <laughs> out. Just a, you know what I mean? To yeah. fucking just stick it out like that. And that tune, especially when Buddy starts going, don't shoot him down. I mean. Don't you shoot him yeah. down. Yeah. Oh, man. Do, 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 do. It's just so badass. That, the hair. It, it, hair's it, on the back was, of your neck, you know? Yeah. And what's so interesting is the way that Hendrix plays with Buddy is so different than the way he plays with Mitch because oh, Buddy's yeah, in the yeah, pocket, yeah. whereas Mitch was on top of everything. Yeah. It's both both are beautiful, but they're so different. You know, that's what's fucking and I love other, that. The other thing, Tony, too, is Noel Redden versus Billy Cox. Yeah. 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 Different. So, look, man. Of course, because Jimmy's sensitive dude. He's gonna play different with different dudes, if you ask me. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the in the pocket made him go nuttier which I love. I mean, not that he wasn't going nuts with Mitch, too, but, you know, and then with, with, with Mitch Mitchell, they were both going nuts together in a different way. You know, in an interview, Jimmy called Mitch his uh, Elvin Jones. Absolutely. Oh, I see that. <laughs> I see that, man. And, you Fucking know, like a song like Stand Next to Your Fire, it's like Mitch is saying by his playing, I'm going to show you everything I know in this one song. <laughs> <laughs> Where, where, yeah. where Buddy, Buddy is more of a big picture. He's a singer, man. He's, you know what I mean? It's yeah. a little different. So, but they're, See, both, I, they're both great. I agree with I, you. I, yeah, man. I, I feel like Tornay's are kind of our Mitch Mitchell. He's, a, he's, a, he's like our, our Keith Moon, 
And with Tournay, you know, I mean, the way he plays with Fatso Jetson, he plays yeah. in the pocket, which I love. But it, when we started this band, I was like, dude, I know you can do different types of stuff. And then I would challenge him. And man, he always met my challenge. Like that dude can play anything. And I love it. Okay. He plays so over the top in, in all souls. I love it, man. Yeah. Like this tune here, Twilight Times.
Life for Pedro show, uh, last music for this edition. We had uh, Twilight Time, Small Souls. Then Patrick Butler with his Sound Pinnacle Suite, parts one through seven. <laughs> quite a, quite a, quite a opus. And then finally, Empire's Fall. Watch out, people. All souls. So, uh, what's your plan now, Tony? We're 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 writing. We start as soon as this pandemic thing hit. Uh, just started writing, man. We, we we're not going to lay low, you know. Yeah, sure. I, I, I don't believe. That. Whoops, you had some so drop we're seven out songs there. in for the next record. Uh, our and our plan is to have this next record done before this pandemic is done. Now, now, when you went into the writing, you guys had no backlog of tunes from the old stuff. It's all new. All new. All new. So that means so, Quentin Quarantino mode has informed this whole next record. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Prescient, like what, what's relevant to what's going on now. We want to do it. We want to finish it. We're going to get, we want, we want last, year, last time we had a two-year lapse because we don't have a label. This, this time we want a one-year lapse between the next record. We want, we want to get that shit going. We want to be ready to tour on three records by the time we get back to touring, man. You doing it with Toshi? Uh, that's the plan right now. Okay. That's the plan. And where can people find you on the internet? Uh, allsoulsband.com. Okay, that's A-L-L-S-O-U-L-S-B-A-N-D.com. Yeah, and we got records for sale there. We got CDs. We got vinyl. Uh, we got the, the new albums up. Uh, we're on Spotify. We're on all all social, Bandcamp, all that stuff, places yeah, where you can you, buy music online. But we're got, our own entity. We don't have a label. We're doing this ourselves. And and I feel that's the way of the future. But you got your own website. I think that's important. Exactly. I mean, you can put your flyers up on those other telephone poles. Some of them are pretty merch. That's okay. <laughs> But as long as you have your own fanzine where nobody gets yeah. in between you and what you want to say, right? No, no independent music, right? That's no the way no to go, filter, man. no middleman. Got no. nobody, nobody, nobody. What did you say before? No baloney in the middle, man. Right, no baloney. <laughs> <laughs> you know the airplane? You call the middle seat the baloney seat, right? Yeah, yeah. fuck that shit. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, what do you what do you plan on doing different though, sonically, or maybe not? Sonically, it's going to change. It's going to change, and and it's already changing. I could I could hear the sound. Uh, I, I I hear it getting a touch more psychedelic, a little bit. Um, I hear a lot of Bowie in the next record. Whoa! A lot of Man Who Sold the World era. Sure. Uh, I think I hear, Tony, uh, Man Who Sold the World had a lot of uh, Tony Visconti on bass. Love it, man. There's some great fuzz bass on that song, uh, Width of a Circle. Oh, I love that fucking song. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I even yeah. hear some ELO in the next record. Whoa. Yeah. I, so, I, what, I, what are you talking about? I'm a big fan like? of ELO, man. I love, I love the way they write. I love the the creative craziness that they get to. You know, the but are you melodic ta- Are you talking nuttery. strings, like cellos? And- uh, no, uh, uh, just, just melodically. Okay. Melodically, I hear some of, some of those twists and turns in there. Because, you know, their first big hit was like a trippy version of Chuck Berry's Roll Over Beethoven. Yeah. When you get this new record done, will you come back on the show, Tony? Absolutely, man. I'll come on anytime you want us okay. to. Okay. Yeah, because I I'm, would love. I, I can't wait to hear it and see what you're doing, man. I'm a, I'm a big fan. We're all big fans of all things Watt. 
Okay. <laughs> well, you're, you're very kind. Big honor to have you on the show. Uh, safe seas. People, it's been October 11, 2020 edition of Waffle Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.